First off, I'd like to say congratulations. You are in at the beginning of something amazing. I'm about to show you something that's amazing. You guys want to see something amazing? Yes, I want to see something amazing. Yeah. What is it? So amazing. Amazing. Whoa, amazing! What are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. This week on Something, something amazing. amazing. Vikings, bones, magic spirit animals. What am I talking about? It all makes sense in one of the facts. <laughs> also, I've got the story of Graham, who is achieving his dream of running a marathon by doing 150 laps of his garden. I bring you into a competition from the 1900s that'll have you laughing. Also, an astrophysicist gets magnets stuck up his nose while inventing a coronavirus device. This week on Something, Something Amazing. amazing. <laughs> Welcome to Something, Something Amazing. Amazing. Oh boy. <laughs> um, to explain a little bit what's going on, usually we're in the same room, but uh, of CBD course. CBD office. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> um, and it's been a little while since we've, we've sat down together, um, not just because of coronavirus, but because of also busyness. But You could just blame the virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been ages since we've seen each other because of the virus. Actually, we've seen each other a lot. We just haven't done a podcast in a while. Actually, we have seen each other a bit recently. Recently, I rode to your house and we spoke balcony to street. Definitely over 1.5 metres apart because I'm on level one and you were on the street on the ground <laughs> and we just had a chat. It was really nice. <laughs> yeah. but um, Real life friends. Real life, 100% genuine friends. <laughs> but in these unprecedented times, uh, what we've done is we've done a little link up between our different, shall we say, home studios. Oh, yeah. My, my studio is uh, mostly a fort that I've made in my Actually, tell the listeners a little bit about your fort because it is the most impressive thing that you've built ever, maybe? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've made several award-winning shows. Uh, no, you're right. This fort is is it. This is this is my peak for t- sure. Talk us through. It's very good for the acoustics of, oh, good. of recording this podcast. Uh, well, the thing is, is because I live in a share house, I really just have this one room uh, the, t- to be in. And so if you're like in your bed all day and you're working in your bed all day and then you go to bed at night, it can feel... Uh, bad. <laughs> so we, we decided to make it a separate spot in the in the room for different activities. I uh, just have a different space that isn't the bed. So we've sort of set up a um, sheet with a like a full on pole, and there's like a coat hangers that have the clips. We've used that to like then drape it over to a bed. It's quite impressive. And then we've got the um, mattress from the back of our van. We've got that in here with lots of just like coziness. It's actually been quite the hack. There's a bar in the city called Pole Pole and they have a room, a function room that's designed similar to the way you set up your blanket <laughs> fort. I think we all can take some creative license from Pole Pole when it comes <laughs> to setting up our own in-house <laughs> forts. But also what makes our thought so good is that just before all of this went down we took some speakers from you uh with your permission yeah uh, you didn't and steal really them from me <laughs> they've really added a whole other element to the space so what i love about this is that um you've set up this space and um so i've just moved to this house and i've set up like a home studio as well which is because everyone's working from home at the moment so it's like my 
office i guess and we've managed to do a link between our two things and it sounds like you're in the room with me yeah it seems like it's going to work out also rumors have gone around that in your social isolation working scenario, you go all out, getting up, putting on a full outfit, including shoes. Oh, here's my number one work from home tip is wear an outfit as if you're going to work. Because otherwise, if you go shoeless, you just go too casual and you're not but taking this- work seriously enough. But could you? But you could take work serious and be so comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not wearing spikes. I'm wearing nice, comfy <laughs> clothes. But I just need to have a, a level of I'm I'm doing something other than lounging around the house. Yeah. Otherwise, it will ruin lounging around the house for me. Uh, of course. All of my laundry these days is just like uh, a very <laughs> slim selection of cosy clothes. To be honest, it's mostly because the fort has precluded me from getting <laughs> into the wardrobe. <laughs> But also because all I'm wearing is lounge gear at the moment. In these unprecedented times, we decided what might be... You know what isn't unprecedented? Me uh, rambling so much at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. I think everyone gets what the podcast is. It's mainly friendship, blanket forts. And facts, tidbits, stories, as long as they are something Something amazing. amazing. And what an amazing time for that kind of thing. I feel like all of our news feeds and and everything everyone's talking about is based on the same one thing. Right. So it's nice to think about other things that have happened or will happen or are happening. Well, we thought we got together and we said, you know what these unprecedented times could do with? Some more podcast full of amazing facts. I will say that the amount of podcasts that are about to be released Oh, <laughs> yeah. to go exponential. Oh, it has already. <laughs> <laughs> like the amount of baking that everyone's doing, that's the first step. Number two, podcasts. Yeah, but hey, we've had our podcast for ages, so hopefully... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pro- we've pro- we can prove it. We've got the back dates. Yeah, so welcome. Welcome back, uh, dear listeners. Or if you're new, welcome. Welcome. To the Blanket you're Fort. W- you're welcome to our friendship. You're a part of it now, too. First fact, kick us off, Amberly Carl. <clears throat> Picture this. You're in a theatre, a Victorian theatre in New York in 1907. But you haven't come for the show. No, no, no. You've come for what happens at intermission. What? Yes. So, this theatre had a, a bet or, a, or a, a challenge to everyone in the world to make this one woman known as Sober Sue to <laughs> laugh. So they come in at intermission and do everything they can to make this woman crack a smile. She and never if they did. did. If they did, they got $1,000. This is 1907. This? So people would come from around the world to try and make this woman smile. Professional comedians, like basically the intermission became the show. People weren't coming for the show anymore. They were coming to see like what incredible acts would happen at intermission and also to see if Sober Sue would, would ever- laugh. What era are we talking in New York? 1907. 1907. I assume that's how everyone spoke back in there. Yeah, but boy, you gotta come see Sober Sue, the lady who never smiles. I imagine it was that kind of deal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And why was she so dour? Why did she never crack a smile? Well, here's the thing. She was deaf. Later, it was revealed. Deaf and blind. Facial paralysis. Oh, no. 
Oh, no. So she still even got to enjoy it, really. Yeah, she was probably was, having a great time. <laughs> and it was like a big, like, a scam in a way because uh, they were got all these comedians and all these, like, professional performers to perform for free. Yeah. Because they were all, like, vying for their chance to get $1,000, not knowing that it That's was impossible. impossible. But behind those eyes is a lot of laughter and entertainment. Well, maybe. Who knows? Maybe she Hated didn't it. find anything that <laughs> anyway. I mean, if she's... Burdened with facial paralysis, maybe life just gets you on the downside. Yeah, you know? true. Or do you think if there was a challenge put to you to not crack a smile, do you think you'd be any good at it? You know, when we play deception games, like you ran a wonderful game of werewolf over WhatsApp, like those kind of games, like yeah, where you got yeah, to pretend to be, lie. yeah, you got to pretend to be something <laughs> you're lie not, lie and backstab your friends. <laughs> so those games. Thankfully, we play that game over WhatsApp, so you can tell. But if we were playing that game in real life. All you need to do is ask me, are you lying twice? And I will <laughs> smile because I just can't, I can't help it. So that's just the joy of lying, let alone something actually entertaining or funny. Yeah, right. Well, that's the joy of being your friend, I guess. You know, <laughs> getting it straight. Yeah. I will say in that game of Werewolf, if anyone was wondering, uh, Matt played the hardest of anyone. <laughs> Jill told me off. My partner Jill told me off because she was like, you're playing too hard. <laughs> but we won. Yeah, you won. And also, you just get swept up in it. It just, it just takes you. Also, it this takes was your life. right at the start of quarantine and social isolation as yeah, well. Yeah, we sort of didn't even know how long it was going to last. It was like, oh, we've got a few down days. Let's do something that like feels more like that isn't just the constant news cycle. And there was a bunch of us pious villagers, <laughs> the humble trolls, that were just taking down those werewolves so seriously. We just yeah. had to win. And we were right and we were just and we were innocent. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm going to run another one, but make it uh, more complicated. Do you know, you know what Sober Sue makes me think of as well? Is what? You know our friend Dino? Yes, I know our friend Dino. Yeah, what's his job during the day? He's on radio? Yeah, he does a morning breakfast radio show, and he has a segment on that show, and it's called uh, Jokes Aren't Funny. And the whole idea is you've got to make Sam Pang, who is like the sober Sue of their show, laugh. And if you, oh. he laughs, you win a prize. Wow. Does he laugh often? No, very rarely. Uh-huh. That's why uh, it's so hard to win the prize. So, we should tell him about Sober Sue and maybe yeah. get a plug for our podcast. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> which is now basically happening all the time, right? Yeah. I imagine this is going to grow exponentially. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Last year, when we started the podcast uh, for the new year, not... So, not 2020, but 2019. I Mm. said, let's try and grow our listeners and double our listeners. Mm. Do you know, Amberly Carl, in that year, we more than doubled our listeners. Oh, manifest it, babe. We went from one to two. No. <laughs> like, I think because we put it on Spotify as well. So, oh. we d- we more than doubled. And we still have these um, fun countries that have one or two listeners listening to so us. That is so fun. I love that. If you are part of a, a country that is in Australia and you're listening, please email us at hello something amazing at gmail.com. And uh, we would love to hear from you. I look forward to finding out who that listener in South America is. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. Because we know we know our Canadian listeners. Do you yeah. know their names? Allison, yeah. And, uh, yeah, she sent us a picture of a pizza as well through email. 
So you could be like Alison. Just email us, hello something amazing at gmail.com. Send us a picture of a pizza. <laughs> We've also had people share facts, their own amazing facts with us oh, as we well. Have, yeah. We welcome that. Linguistics uh, expert Louisa. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, so. It's like the family here. Sober Sue, I love that. That is. Something, Something amazing. Something amazing. Also, is making uh, artists work for free, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's for a prank, so I feel like I can get behind it. I'm going to tell you the story of Graham. Uh, who Love it already. <laughs> Great name. You know how I've uh, had this strange pastime that is very unlike me of running? Yeah, yesterday we were going to record this and instead you were like, I need to run. I, and I need was like, that's fine. To and run. And you sent me an image that you had run 14K. Yep, one hour, 15 minutes with my uh, coach Bennett in my ears. And it's just, insane. Yeah, I just really needed it. What am yeah. I running from? When we when we broke down in in when we were crossing uh, the Nullarbor, we had to walk 10Ks mm. and it was such a big deal. But it was the Nullarbor, like it would have been hot, I it was imagine. Hot, yeah, but it was still... Four Ks less than what you did in an hour. <laughs> running. Yeah, yeah. So, I love running. So, me and my running friends were meant to do this Great Ocean Road running race. And uh, I was going to do a half marathon. It's actually more than a half marathon. So, 24 K. So, that's why I'm training. But some of our friends were like... I'm going to do a marathon. I'm going to do it. And one of our friends, Dan Williams, he's about to have a baby. He's like, I want to do a marathon before I'm a dad. So- oh, but no, he, does, he doesn't realize that doing marathons is a real dad task. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have a child and then get into marathons. So this marathon was meant to happen in May and the baby was due in June. It was an end of financial year baby, June 30 mm-hmm. is the due date. And... Unfortunately, because of all this coronavirus and self-isolation and quarantine, uh, they've moved the marathon date to October. Good. Yes. Uh, That means that Dan Williams is going, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a marathon before I'm a dad. Maybe I could just do one casually. Yeah, just a solo... And so, yeah, I, I sent him this story as inspiration because there was a guy called Graham who ran a marathon by doing 150 laps of his garden. Whoa. So, it's uh, a place... I mean, he must have a slightly big garden then. Yeah, oh, yeah I mean, it, there's a few photos of it and it looks quite plush, but still it t- took 130 laps to, yeah. to get it done. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of laps. Um, like after 50, <laughs> should I keep going? <laughs> so he's 50, I'm not halfway. He's 57 years old as well. That's, I that, reckon that's a classic marathon age though, honestly. And I think so, a marathon is a real classic midlife crisis thing. <laughs> what are you trying to say? It's like buy a car or run a marathon. I think it's great. I would love to be able to run a marathon. The social distancing rules of where he was from, somewhere in the UK, something like Gunnersman or something like that, um, where he was from, the social distancing rules were you couldn't leave the house for more than two hours. <laughs> so you were allowed to go outside to exercise, but they said two hours or less. Yeah, and right. the only person, as you would know, who's ever run a marathon in less than two hours is, of course... Usain Bolt? No. 
<laughs> no, he runs a short distance very fast. Yes. Um, no, Elliot. Elliot Kipchoge, who... Uh, right running nerd. <laughs> he's a real hero amongst runners because <laughs> he's the first person ever to do a marathon in less than two hours. So, 57-year-old Graham was like, I don't think I'm going to be the second person ever to do this. Uh, so... He had to work out a way to do it on, inside his own property. Four hours and 21 minutes later, which was longer than his usual pace. He was at pains to point that out, maybe because he was in a lot of pain, but also because he said there was a lot of changing of direction to get around the oh, garden yeah, beds. Yeah. Well, it's like when you're doing like a, a swim in a 50 metre pool versus a 25 metre pool. Yeah. You got to do that little like, flip. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he was doing? A little flip every yeah. lap? Yeah, exactly. But do you know what his finish line was? What? Some toilet paper. Which ah, very, very of the time. In these times where it's hard to get <laughs> toilet paper, I feel like you could have used something else, but I guess he wanted that feeling of running through something and having it. Yeah, no, I understand that, that wanting that feeling. It's probably worth it. Uh, some quotes <laughs> from Graham. It was great, actually. Surprisingly less boring than I thought it would be. I don't believe you, Graham. I had a nice course, and Alison, my wife, was around to chat to on every lap. <laughs> I had some music to listen to. I don't usually run with music, but I had a party list playing, so every time I went past, I heard that. Graham. <laughs> Different times. Wait, and so he was, he was playing music from his house, and mm. every time he passed his house, yep. he'd just get like a little glimpse of a the song? Of the party playlist. Of the party playlist. Different wow. times and constraints force you to think differently and do things differently. And I would never, ever have considered running a marathon in the garden before. Duh. It just seems ridiculous. <laughs> but, Amberly Co., we live in different times. It's pretty great. I added the Amberly Co. He did Graham didn't call yeah, you out. <laughs> But Amberly Cull of my favourite podcast, Something Amazing, we live in different times. Graham, if you're listening, uh, email us in at hello something amazing at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. link to the party playlist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is something, something amazing. amazing. That's really cool. You got to be thrifty these days. Yeah, you just got to be innovative in these unprecedented times. <laughs> Is this episode going to be called un Unprecedented, the, the unprecedented Times theme? We could almost change the name of the podcast, but we won't. The name of the podcast is Something, Something amazing. amazing. I'll do a quick fact. Yeah, please. Did you know that Vikings, heard of Vikings? Yeah. Yes, very cool. They used the ball. I guess they're not that cool and that probably they're moral anyway. <laughs> but they used the bones of slain animals when smithing new weapons, believing this would enchant the weapon with the animal's spirit. Very cool. This actually made the weapon stronger because the carbon in the bones coupled with the iron made a primitive version of steel. Wow. So they... What does smithing mean? <laughs> I guess it's like, oh, maybe it's smithing. Like oh. blacksmithing. Oh, like when yeah. When making a, a sword, they would include uh, bones of slain animals because they were like, this is my, like, the bear that I, I slayed. Yeah, it's like when um, people put rugs on their grounds. Yeah, they like they kill a cow and then they're like, "I'm going to put this cow's skin on my ground." Yeah, but they also thought that it was going to like give the weapon like the animal spirit. Like I think there was like some respect to it, I guess, in that sense. Well, they were, but it actually just worked out to be a good material for weaponry. Well, you know what? We're still talking about Vikings in 2020, so they did they must something have right. Done something. <laughs> I don't know if it's 
they did something right. I just think they did a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, right's probably putting it strongly. Don't base your moral compass on that of a Viking. I mean, it is unprecedented times. These are unprecedented times. <laughs> So, so, you know what? All bets are off. But isn't that cool whenever you try Whenever. When someone tries to do something to, like, make something magic, and mm. then it actually happens to kind of work in a magical <laughs> way. <laughs> like, they were like, this is going to give it this magic, and then the universe was like, well, All right. yeah, sure. All right. In a way, yes. I'll let this one slide. <laughs> that is something, something amazing. amazing. <laughs> it's been a while. Yes, it has. That's something great. I'm glad we're back, though. This is oh, fun. yeah. And the fact we can do this like this, yeah. keep uh, keep to the rules. Keep our distance, keep our facts flowing, yeah. entertain our audiences, including Sober Sue. Yeah, she'd love this. She'd love this quietly. <laughs> I've, I've been so excited to share this story with you because it's one of these stories that you start it and you're like, this is funny. And then the more you read it, the funnier it gets. Beautiful. I always just want to read the- story that keeps on giving. I always just want to read the Guardian article out to you word for word, but I'm sure that'll breach some kind of copyright. So I might have to just add in a crazy word every now and then. Yeah, just give it some of your own flavor. I want to start with a question and you don't have to answer it right away if you need some thinking time. Okay. Amblico, what is the strangest thing that's ever been stuck in your body? Whoa, okay, yes, I will need some time for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because let me tell you about this astrophysicist who got magnets stuck up his nose while inventing a coronavirus device. Right. It's an Australian, Dr. Daniel Reardon, who has a great sense of humour, by the way, based on the level of detail he goes into in this story. So, Mm -hmm. he was... He was trying to invent a device that warns you. It's like a necklace that would warn you when you touch your face. So oh, yes, 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 yes. the whole thing with coronavirus is, first of all, wash your hands. Which I, I'm, I'm, I'm so bad at, I've realised. Like, I didn't realise how much I touched my face until this all happened. It's uh, like uh, a constant struggle where my hands don't want to social distance from my face. So what Dr. Daniel Riordan wanted to do was sound a buzzer every time you touched <laughs> your face. And then you just become aware to be like Pavlov's dog and you just get used to it, right? Yeah, okay. Maybe it could electrically shock you every time. <laughs> I guess you'd you'd slow down then. Anyway, so... Like a dog collar. Yeah, exactly. So, his normal job was to study pulsars and gravitational waves. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a part that would detect magnetic fields. And so, his thought was, I'll build a circuit that would detect the magnetic field. And if you wore the magnets on your wrists, then it would set off an alarm if you brought it too close to your face. Magnets interrupt. Interacting with magnets, creating an electric current, bang, alarm goes off. Uh, the quote is, a bit of boredom in isolation made me think of that. It's not a bad idea. Version one of this device completely <laughs> stuffed it up. In fact, what he ended up with was a necklace that buzzed if you weren't touching <laughs> your face. <laughs> it's the everything is okay alarm. Yeah, love that. So, he scrapped that idea and he, and he was still a bit bored. So, he started playing with the magnets. Uh, you know, the same way that you might clip like a... smelling them really closely. Well, he, he was like, you know how you clip pegs to your ears? <laughs> Uh, so, he clipped them to his earlobes. Yeah, this was in just a bit of goofy fun. Yeah, exactly. And then he was like, oh, maybe I could clip 
one side of the magnet inside my nose and the other side of the magnet outside of the nose. Mm. And he, he was successful for a bit. He had two kind of magnet studs happening on either side of his nose. But the problem was when he removed the outer magnets, the two inner magnets, the ones inside oh, his nostril. each other. <laughs> yes. Of they, course they did. They flipped around and then stuck together. Oh, no. So then he was like, all right. I've got two. I've got two magnets and a problem here. Um, what Did you ca- have to use the other magnets to try and like guide them away from each other? No, they would have been closer to each other, so they would have wanted to be together more. Okay, so the first, <laughs> the first thing he did was ring his partner who worked at a hospital, and she just burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And so the problem was there was a ridge at the bottom of his nose that he just couldn't get past. They were kind of oh. stuck inside his nose clumped together and you must be doing it for so long 20 minutes <laughs> yeah knowing that like at one point you're gonna just have to go to the hospital so 20 minutes he was trying to google the problem he found an 11 year old boy google the problem what to do yeah <laughs> help i've stuck two magnets up my nose so he found an 11 year old boy who had the exact same magnet because i guess you can type anything into google and they'll go sure Here's a thousand results. There's a billion people on this earth. The dumb thing you've done is not the first time. Someone else has done it. So uh, it was a child. So the eleven year take that in. And the solution to the problem online was more magnets. Ah, yes, of course. So up there. So he uh, he said this is this is another quote from Dr. Daniel. As I was pulling downwards to try and remove the magnets, they clipped onto each other, and I lost my grip. And those two magnets ended up in my left nostril while the other one was still in my right nostril at this point i've run out of magnets (laughs) before attending tell you what he isn't anymore though what bored (laughs) 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 solved that issue (laughs) so before attending the hospital dr daniel attempted to use pliers to pull them out but they became magnetized by the magnets inside his nose Every time I brought the pliers close to my nose, my entire nose would shift towards the pliers. (laughs) And then the pliers would stick to the magnet, which was a little bit painful at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And you would just be like playing with your nose so much to get them out. Your nose would be like raw. My partner took me to the hospital that she works in because she wanted all her colleagues to laugh at me. (laughs) At the hospital, a team of two doctors applied an anaesthetic spray and manually removed the magnets from Dr. Daniel's nose. Happy ending. Yeah, that's incredible. Something (laughs) Something amazing. amazing. And it could happen to any of us. Really? In these (laughs) unprecedented times. (laughs) Um, Okay, I've been thinking about your question and I have somewhat of an answer that is somewhat related to your story. Not as uh, magnificent, obviously. No. But recently I was considering getting a nose piercing. Okay. And uh, the Do you because have any piercings? I have my ears pierced, but I never wear earrings. But the thing is, is I never wear earrings, but the holes remain. So I knew that if I got a nose piercing, if I didn't like it, I would have a hole in my face forever. Forever. Wouldn't so it's heal. high stakes, basically. Right. So then I, then I got uh, advertised to me uh, as though they'd been listening in uh, these, like, um, retractable earrings that you can just put on your nose and it just looks like you've got a nose ring but they've just they're just like a clip on right i think you can even get magnet ones honestly (laughs) careful (laughs) but uh i was like great this solves my problem i can at least give it a go for a while and see if i like like it 
uh, and they came and they are so giant <laughs> that when wearing them, it's such a statement. <laughs> yeah. I did try to do the like, you know when people get the middle of their nose pierced? Yes. I did put it in there to see if a kind of that, because you can push it in a bit more, I thought it would look smaller. It didn't. I think if anything, it looked bigger and then it did get stuck for a for a bit of a scary moment. Does it look like a bull ring? I'm imagining a bull ring. Yeah, they're quite large. I mean, I only ever wore them in the place that I am now, which is the bedroom. Uh, I didn't t- take them out beyond there because they were just too big. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, I, there was a moment where I thought it was going to be stuck in my nose and it was going to be have to, like a deal that I was going to have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my answer to your question. Yes, great answer. Do- What's your answer to that question? Then it would probably be elephant poo. Because oh, you ate it. Because I ate elephant poo. Do you know with my elephant talk, I, I talk about you every time. Eating it. <laughs> I say, because I talk about elephant poo because it's very interesting. And then I talk about... What other how, facts do you have on elephant poo? Well, it's it's more that just it's what, what elephants do is because they're so large is they eat so many plants and then they poo um, and then they walk like all day long. And then so as they're pooing, they're pooing whole seeds in manure, basically. So they really are like a um, umbrella species and helping this wow. world to grow. And then I say, bonus fact, uh, <laughs> it's safe for humans to eat elephant poo. My friend did it on safari. I don't know why, <laughs> but he did. He said it tasted like hay, and now you know. <laughs> uh, warm hay. <laughs> oh, sorry. I haven't added the warm Warm, wet hay. Yeah. But it doesn't taste like poo, is my point. How would you know what that tastes like? That's a really good point. I mean, I <laughs> guess you smell something, and you can imagine what it tastes like. like but I've- elephant poo doesn't smells like poo. Yeah, does it? It's yeah. Yeah, I guess it did. Yeah. I think I was surprised at how unlike poo it tasted like. But what yeah. does poo taste like? Maybe I've just eaten poo. I feel like I was in um, maybe like Thailand or somewhere once and they were making paper out of, I believe, elephant poo, like using the fiber to make paper and they were selling it. Still, it's not a food stuff, is it? No, no. <laughs> yeah, every, I think everyone's on board with that. My guide did it first and I was yeah. like, you know what well, I'm like. You only live once. Yeah, exactly. Some unprecedented times. These are unprecedented times. elephant poo. I mean, the time I ate the poo, it was precedented times. Yeah, at that point, everything was fully precedented. They were normal times <laughs> and I ate elephant poo. It's good to laugh in these unprecedented times. It is. And it's good to share stories and tidbits and amazing facts. And yeah. let's do that some more. Yes. During agreed. these, the unprecedented times. times. Hey, Matt Sarasini. Yes. Any uh, rec- recommendations? Oh, good question, Amberly Carl. I recommend not playing with magnets near <laughs> any orifices. Mm. Orifices. I recommend tr- doing a challenge to make your friends uh, smile or laugh. See who is the soberest Sue of them all. <laughs> Try and put a cash amount next to it as well. Yeah. I mean, we're not spending money on our lattes. Oh, we've all lost our jobs. It'll just just be fun. (laughs) Just do it to pass the time. It'll be a fun... Do it on Zoom. We've been having some fun on Zoom in our friendship group of late. We've been doing quiz nights and karaoke nights. They've all been uh, very chaotic, but quite enjoyable. But somehow held together by sticky tape. Yeah. And we've been like watching shows together and then uh, talking in the ads. We're probably spending more time seeing everyone than usual. Two of our friends, Luke and Nat, they've just had a baby and they're like, this has been the most social period since we had Arlo. Yeah. (laughs) 
I recommend going for a run. If you've never done a run before, just start your first run. There's an app that I use. It's Nike Run Club app and they have a getting started collection. Hit your first starting line and then every starting line is just like an opportunity to succeed, you know? Yeah. Even if you feel like you're on the same loop again and again and again, remember there's always going to be a party playlist to get you going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I can recommend one more thing. Yes. And that is to uh, remember that doing a hobby doesn't, you don't need to be good at it and it doesn't have to give you any like financial or any benefit other than you just enjoy doing it. Uh, I'm just thinking of the Vikings making weapons. Okay, gotcha. That's my connection here. But also I just think that we uh, are so used to being good at things uh, that sometimes we're not willing to try something new. (laughs) And in these unprecedented times, I think it's a good time to start a hobby. A lovely lesson. Thank you. (laughs) So I also recommend subscribing to this podcast, telling your friends about it. Uh, We'll be back with some more facts, tidbits and... And things that are all in all something Something amazing. amazing.